cliffcentral.com. Okay, it is time for the Burning Platform Thursday mornings, our chance to catch up on all the things that have happened this week. And because we're in the lead up to the elections, which have been announced for the 29th of May, what is that? It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. So they, they make it in the middle of the week so that most of us will pitch up. So that you don't go away for the long weekend. Right, because that'll happen. Both rich and poor, black and white, old and young, if people see a chance for a getaway, they will, in, they will, they will be in dereliction of their voting duty. They will disappear for the weekend. Go away on the weekend. Start drinking. Uh, if it's, Although you, if could, it's on go, Saturday you morning. could go on ah. a short weekend. No, you could go on a short weekend close by. Like if you went to Mahalisburg, <laughs> as long as you're in the province. Oh, for me, don't tempt people. There's an, <laughs> we must all do our duty this year. All right, so uh, she has been uh, the – wow, she's been on, on Johannesburg's mayoral council. She's been the speaker. She was uh, in COPE. She's also now the executive president of the South African Rainbow Alliance, a pact – comprising like-minded minority parties, civic organizations, churches, and faith-based organizations across South Africa. It's a good, strong coalition, that. We last spoke to Colleen when she was on the mayoral council, and that was in October of 2021. So much has changed, and she is our guest this morning on The Burning Platform. Colleen Makubele. How are you, Colleen? It's nice to see you. It's very good to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning for me. Hello. Thank you to the audience and the viewers. So first of all, I love the jumpsuit. That beats the hell out of all the other parties with their rubbishy little T-shirts. Yes. Nice job. Nice job there. Thank you so much. Especially (laughs) the yellow and the red ones beats them all. The blue ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We tried to go for fresh, appealing to young people, you know, people that do not vote so that they get interested. So, shall we just start off with Sarah? I see your posters up all over the place. Mm -hmm. The South African Rainbow Alliance. You didn't go with the word party. You didn't go with uh, any of the buzzwords like democracy, peoples, this, constitutional that, Mm. patriot this. (laughs) You didn't choose any of those. You went with Rainbow Alliance. Rainbow Alliance. Sounds like it could be like a gay pride parade. But tell us why you chose the name. (laughs) Rainbow is very significant because we are a a non-racial party. We want to do away with any divisions. We've been sliced and devised as South Africans for too long, whether along the lines of religion or race, you name it. And um, poor, rich, we think it's time that we put away all of those categories and labels and come together in this rainbow that Madiba had a dream about and just rekindle and reclaim that. And we also stayed away from your typical uh, struggle colors and spears and, you know, yellows and green African uh, um, you know, <laughs> flags, etc. Because we think politics have actually moved from that liberation struggle, guerrilla movements, and all those uh, socialist ideals that people dreamt and you know debated on. We are in a different era that we need to face the future. We are a fresh party that wants to look at how do we turn around this country to be prosperous for all of us. That um, the so-called Dinsualo must be able to find a space, a prosperity. The so-called uh, <laughs> a, 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 a James who's sitting somewhere else must find this uh, country to produce opportunities for them, find jobs, express themselves, integrate globally, integrate in, uh, you know, continentally. Let's create a new South Africa that all of us can relate to and join together with. 
Okay, so we'll we'll move into the future mm. in a minute with Sara, mm. and we'll find out exactly what you guys are going to stand for and what you mm. care about and what you want uh, to represent. Mm. But before that, there are two uh, small Lanyana skeletons in the cupboard that you always have yes. to address, and the one is Cope, yeah, and the other one is Speaker of yes the the council here which uh, there was so much controversy around these yeah. things so let's just start off with cope how did the split happen who let who down you tell us your side of the story look um it's unfortunate that i have to keep repeating this and i know it has i'm, not I'm been, sorry but no no it's it. fine it, it's important and it has not even been um disputed um uh, president Teralikota unfortunately lied you know, um, when he came out in the media to say he knew nothing about Sarah. He's been um, at the center, you know, of the creation of Sarah. I walked with him very close to the old man. Even the Sunday before I was fired, which I didn't know I was going to be fired, I was at his house and we meant to talk about the meeting that we we're going to have on Monday with other coalition partners. It was instrumental to call various presidents, you know, that are set in meetings with him and them, convincing them about this Sarah. What pained me the most, and it's on the uh, footages because we were filming this on you, you know, our YouTube channel. You know, he, he stood up in one of the meetings and we had different church leaders. And he said, if we can get this Sarah, this South African uh, rainbow, whatever we call it. At that time, we had not decided on Sarah. It was still super packed. If we can get this thing going, I'm going to go to my grave a happy man because it carries all the aspirations and the dreams of us who fought the freedom struggle, not just me, but those who died, you know, in exile along the road in guerrilla warfare, etc. This is what South Africa needs. We all stood up and clapped and were moved by that. And it, it did something to us as young people because we wanted to say, how do we recapture, rekindle what everybody dreamed South Africa ought to be compared to what we have? And um, to a certain level, that's why we honored him. We said he was going to be president emeritus. You know, um, love the old man. I still do. I learned a lot from him, but he did uh, let me down um, very, very badly in a, the most humiliating way. Uh, but I think, um, you know, he so wanted to be the president. He wanted he to be the president. He wanted to be okay. the president of this alliance. And um, it, it, it just But they voted, they voted for you. They voted for me because the idea um, was that South Africa needs fresh, new, competent, morally clear leadership that people can relate to young people who are the majority of this nation must be able to resonate and, and see themselves in the kind of leadership that we bring. We've got a lot of people that uh, left even, uh, I, originally all of us are from the, most of us are from the um, ANC. There's a reason we left. And I'll give, I'll, we give credit to uh, Monsieur Lakota. He he was one of the first people to walk out and say, yes. you know, Bantuholo Misa was the first. Yes, yes. All those years ago. And now, now Monsieur Lakota. Now Monsieur walked. And for the same reasons that most of us have eventually walked out. And he was proven right in mm. his assertion of what was mm. coming, you know. And um, all of us walked out because of that. And mainly because we just don't see a space for young competent leaders, morally clear leaders in the ANC. It's not a party for that. And we give credit to what they have done for sure. the country. I think their time is just finished. Without bashing them and all the issues, their time has just run out. Right, but then I'll, say, I'll say this because mm. you don't have to. And, and mm. you're, you, you've been very uh, clear about this. You've stuck to the same story, which is great. But i got to say, like as someone who once voted for COPE and 
who who finds Mosua Lakota to be a, a a very smart, very charming, very um, very dignified old man. Mm. It's what he is, and I don't I don't like saying old man because I don't mm. want to be ageist. But the reality is, it does sound to me. Like he has a lot of fallouts with a lot of people. I mean, remember in Cope in the beginning, it was um, Bazima Shiloa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That fell out because mm-hmm. the two of them were squabbling over leadership. Yeah. Ever since then, uh, there have been more and more people who he's had problems. It wasn't Willie Madisha at one point mm-hmm. was also Willy a problem. Mm-hmm. They had a fallout. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually if you are getting the same kind of reaction from person after person after person, it might just mm-hmm. be you. And uh, maybe and that's why Monsieur Lecote has got to stop treating Cope okay, as his retirement Okay, we have to stop talking plan. about Monsieur Lecote. Okay, we will. But I mean, we needed what, to get this out of the I way. Know, well, look, I, I think that there are a number of other things that we can talk about with regard to, because when you started, Sarah, it was an alliance of various compositions. And it was supposed to be a, a pact of smaller parties, particularly in the Joburg Council. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yeah. that? Yeah. No, certainly. But, but you know, just to wrap up on Likot, I think it's an, also an indication of um, African leaders, and I, and I dare say especially male leaders who don't know when it's time to exit the stage, when mm-hmm. to hand over the baton. And it does tarnish their legacy and their brand you know, and um, I think that's something to reflect upon for not only Tateli Kota, a lot of the ANC and other leaders sitting in, in, in the council and in the national assemblies. It's right. serious thought. But yes, uh, it still is, Sarah, that alliance of um, uh, various uh, minority parties um, and uh, with civic organizations, etc. We've had uh, parties that, in fact, at the start of this, we've spoken to almost uh, all the parties that are represented in the National Assembly. So, hence, it's not just the Jobek uh, Council. We looked at the National Assembly because now we are dealing with province and national politics. It's no longer the local politics. And hence, we needed the presidents to sit around the table at the time and have agreements. So uh, um, uh, President Lukota and President Gordy of APC at the time were tasked, even myself, I was part of the team, you know, as a facilitator, etc., to then facilitate all of these presidents from a UDM and, um, you know, PAC, ACDP, all of them uh, were contacted, uh, even the Borsas, Shiluvas, some of the newer ones that are, you know, um, aiming for the high office. And um, the idea was all those 1% and less parties, which is about nine of them, and most of them we differed ideologically. And it was okay. You know, APC, PAC, ATM, they believe in um, some of them land first and Africanism. They want to push a, a different uh, socialist ideology. And we respected that because it doesn't find space where we are. We believe in uh, um, a, a, a neoliberal uh, policies, market-friendly policies. We believe the important things is jobs. Land is good, it's important, but it's not what young people need. If you're unemployed, over 3 million young people unemployed, even if I give you a piece of land right now, there's nothing that you're going to do about it. People want food on their table. They want money in their pocket. They want to feed their children, take them to good, clean hospitals. So we, we we, we prioritized what was important for us. Some fell off because they felt, look, they'll go at it alone, you know. And um, we had those kind of parties that uh, told us that, like, Borsa fell off at the time, Shiluva fell off at the time. 
because of that. And those that remained then started, COPE was one of those that remained, came back and said, look, we've consulted with our structures, and it's there on record. We've consulted with our structures. We're happy. Let's proceed. Let's register this alliance, etc." Where you are also correct is that um, a lot has changed since then we were fired from COPE. Then uh, SARA not only became an alliance of parties, it became a political party that stands on its own. I'm a member of SARA. We've got a lot of people that have joined as individuals who are members, and then we still have parties, we still have different churches, etc. So it's now a fully-fledged party and um, operating like any other normal um, political party. With all the infighting, I mean, I think just a couple of weeks ago, you've already got lots of reports around fighting with the AARM, with ICM and them coming mm. out and saying actually that you... Actually, that was wrong have, reporting. Wait, I'm mm. not done. <laughs> they have come, yeah, because that's not the question. Um, coming out to say that they feel that the way that the party has now been shifted is it has become a bit of a COPE 2.0 and that there's not enough consultation happening within the party, which is a very worrying thing at the very beginning of a party. It's literally been three months and already yeah. you've got this kind of infighting that other bigger, older parties also have. Look, uh, that's why I'm saying to you it's incorrect. Even the reporter has been taken to task to withdraw that story. It was a rumor that was flying. Uh, nobody has, even uh, Joe Mujabir, the president of ICM, has written a letter. He's never responded to any of those stories. We don't know where he, the reporter gets it from, even WhatsApp messages. Actually, we're taking legal action as a collective against hmm. that. So um, uh, Manyane Manyane must answer. And we're talking to the editor. Even Iqbal has been written a letter. <clears throat> because it's things like that, that um, people create stories. You know, if you... And we've seen this kind of uh, uh, um, infiltrating to kind of create a story to destabilize the public around what Sarah stands for. And uh, there's no infighting. We are not fighting with Joe. Joe is still employed. He's still in the uh, uh, city of uh, Ekurlen as a councillor. He's leading the minorities there. That story is false to the core. We're accused of having received 15 million rand of donation. There's no such if we would have declared like Rasmussen said there. So people have created, because they see our posters, and therefore there's money, and mm. people are creating stories who are infighting. It is false to the core. You know, as I sit here, I'm actually, uh, I even uh, released an article in Citizen uh, two days ago. We want that money. We want businesses to fund us. White business, black business, especially black business must not sit back and wait for administration to get tenders. They must get involved in political activities and fund the political change that we want. That story is false in every respect. So that's why I'm saying to you, don't read things like that and then make opinions where I have not commented on it. Joe has not commented on it. We've, I'll send you even the letters that we've sent, legal letters, to say retract that story. And we're waiting for Sunday Tribune to do that. Where did they get it? Who gave them that story? Hmm. It's not true. So who does fund you at the moment? Look, we've got several um, small businesses that do fund us. Nothing really to, to declare. We are funding ourselves as the presidential committee. Most of the things that you see, we're funding it ourselves. We are raising funding. We are speaking to everybody, you know, from a, a, if you talk wide business, whether it's the Oppenheimers, whether it's overseas funders, local funders. We want funding. This is a very expensive exercise. But, and it has not been easy up until now. But you mentioned the, the political 
political party posters, which we see up, and you've probably got more of them up in in mm. Santon than than anyone else, right, Pums? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's good for you. Well, but, yes. but yeah, as, we invested you, a lot on that. Uh, not only here, nationally. You know, invested that's expensive. Very expensive, and we've got uh, people that have um, given us the loans to be able to do that. You know, and they mm. assist us in terms of terms of how we order this thing. That's how we've been we've managed to do it because they believe in the vision. And once we get the funding, then we must pay for it. But it's people that say, "Look, we don't have cash for you. This is our business." And several of them, it's not one. We can print posters to the value of this. We can print you T-shirts. We can do this for you. And we love that. And people are volunteering. If you see people all over the place and, you know, the spirit that has uh, uh, been ignited is volunteerism. Unemployed graduates are on the ground every day pushing this vision, pushing this agenda. People are spending their money, they're sacrificing. I've sold, I don't know how many things. You see, I don't even have jewelry on me because I've pawned everything to make sure that this happens. But it's because we believe it's time that as young people, young South Africans, we take and reclaim our future. Instead of sitting and complaining and then point fingers at those who stand, let's do something. Let's what does do something. That, what does that look like in terms of policies? If you were to say the top three policies that you are about, what are those? We have adopted the gear that um, uh, President Becky had between 96 and 207. We've repurposed it, obviously, because uh, material conditions have changed with COVID. We no longer have PRASA. We no longer have Transnet. We longer, no longer have ESCOM. Things have just, uh, SAA, you know, fi- flies on bales as well. So it's so bad. But we've taken those policies that had worked, gear for growth, One of the key policies is market business-friendly policies that we are pushing. We don't believe in this agitation and pushing away business, white monopoly, and going into the socialist side. No. We need business to create jobs. And this uh, private sector is the biggest uh, uh, creator of jobs. And we believe that we need to privatize some of the state-owned entities that are not working. There's no point to have a PRASA that is dilapidating. The country is running on one trillion rand debt. One billion rand we pay daily on this. So one of our key policies is how do we uh, turn around this debt situation using the very same policies of gear that uh, President Becky implemented so well so that we don't fall into the debt trap, right? And second, of course, is um, uh, uh, employment, gear. E is for employment. How do we turn around the employment? One of the key things is job security, and we have to deal with the labor laws. Our policies is to review those labor laws, relax them, especially for SMMEs, for businesses that want to create employment. A, accountable, uh, morally clear, competent, merit leadership. We don't compromise on that. What you did, and we'll get to the city of Jobek. What we did with the city of Jobek, with uh, all those incompetent mayors, I'll talk to it. It cannot happen in national. It cannot happen in province. We have killed cities because of that. Look at the, um, the from our president down to the cabinet. You can hardly point to anyone competent enough to do their job. Our, the policy of redistribution. We do believe that there are those that deserve grants, they need to get grants and proper grants, not 350. If our policies cannot create employment for you, we're going to give you the basic income grant. And a doctor cannot queue for 350 rands. It's an insult. We have to be able to give proper grants. Unemployed single men is one of the areas that we are targeting. 
and we've seen the highest suicide rate is, is, is around unemployed, especially black men, and the highest unemployed employment is amongst them because police are favoring me and you. We're black women. We get most of the opportunities. We get ahead. They are sitting depressed. They can't get opportunities. Some of them are raising children. They're dependent on their mothers, their grandmothers to raise children. Why are we not looking after those children as a nation? You know, so those are some of the policies that we are putting my, our top four. <clears throat> That's uh, okay. So you've laid that out quite well. I mean, mm. I see you also, you say that you want to increase basic income, increase SASA mm. grants. You want to lower the debt. Mm. Um, you care about unemployed single men in particular, which I think is interesting. Nobody else has really spoken about them much. I mean, we talk about we, unemployed uh, youth uh, in general. Right? Because unemployment is a widespread problem, you know. Sure. So, and I wonder how that that actually pans out. There are more women than men registered to vote. So I wonder if it's just as much of an, an interesting topic for them. Look, you know, um, not um, registered to vote. I would uh, argue to say there are more women eligible to vote. No registered. Uh, yeah. I'm but talking about IUC statistics. More men than women. No, yeah, more men. I agree with you. More women than men yeah, registered we, we, to vote. IUC statistic. That's okay. It's fine. I think it's debatable. <laughs> we'll look at it. But everywhere we go, more men are at the front. Women have to be pushed, and they, they are more women. If women go out there, register to vote, young girls, I talked to Keshe, one of our po policies is around cashiers and how we look after them. That is 40% of our uh, um, uh, labor force is the cashiers, and most of them look like you and me. It's black women, whether Indian, colored, whatever. It's black women. Most of those women, if we did not do the push that we did. We're not even registered to vote, unaware of what is happening. Voter registration, especially among uh, women, is very, very poor. And they are the most uh, people that will benefit out of voting right because they're the most frustrated, you know, with some of these laws, especially cashiers who are not looked after, you know, no well, pension, no, no protection I, for I them. Think it's, I think yeah. it's worth taking stock of the fact that you are one of very few female leaders. You know, we, we've had our female leaders in the past. There have been some very prominent women in politics. I mean, we had the, what was that party? I always forget them in KZN. NFP. NFP. Yes, NFP. That's right. Magwaza and then Helen Zilla, obviously, mm -hmm. for the DA. Mampela. We've had a few. Mampela Rampele. Mm. But like here you are, are there any other women at the moment who are presidents of their parties? Look, um, I don't know of them. I mean, it's interesting. I'm not yes. saying it's essential, but yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. I know one actually, Amsa. Amsa, there's this party back in uh, KZN. They're mm -hmm. not actually competing. They've just started as well. Um, she's approached us to align with us, but um, hardly any, um, you know, significant parties making waves. They all that have lip service when yes, it comes to this stuff. Yes, yeah, talk yes. about GBV Look, uh, or whatever else. You, you know, uh, Gareth, it's not easy for women. I must tell you that. Even for me to come here this morning, I, I drop my children at school, you mm. know, every morning. I had to then make arrangements to make sure that I'm here and somebody must then be able to drop them. And um, even funding for women parties, it's not coming through. They'll rather fund. I mean, you look at, compare myself and my Shaba, for instance. I bring more to the table, and I dare say that I can sit with him and tell him that in terms of competence, experience, uh, qualities, moral clarity. But you'll rather put uh, 10 million with my Shaba than with Sarah. Why? 
You know, um, you look at all of them, even Bossa. I, I, I'm asking myself, what is it that you've seen from him that is different, that is adding to the to the table? And I'm, I'm not saying this to shame them. I'm saying that to say um, it's important that uh, you understand why less women are sitting here. Because for me, I must sacrifice everything that I have to make sure this works, you know. They get easily funding. Easy, mm. easy. Not even making the waves that we are making. And also the, the, the social aspect of it. I, I won't be able to, you know, I, I would love to travel the whole country all the time, be out there. I'm a mother of two. I must, uh, you know, um, think of my kids, be homeless. I'm not saying fathers don't do that, but mothers are more, you know, responsible for 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 for, for the household and looking I've after actually kids. Actually, just so. pulled up on the IEC yeah. um, app. Mm. In the 18-19 age bracket, two hundred and forty-five thousand men are registered, three hundred and eighteen thousand oh, women. In the twenty to twenty-nine mm. bracket, one point nine men are registered, two point mm. four women. I'm happy. That's excellent. In, in the thirty to thirty-nine bracket, three point one million mm. men are registered, three point six million women. So I'm more women registered. They outperform mm. in every single category, mm. right up to over sixty. That's excellent. They must go out and vote now. I, I'm excited about so, it. Let them go out and right, vote. What are your realistic chances? Because you're competing nationally. Yeah. So you're on the national ballot. Uh, how how many? How many seats are you looking at here? How many votes in total are you looking at? What would you consider a success? Look, um, we are looking at a minimum. If we can get about 15 seats, we would have done well as a new entrant to the party. So and what, that what is percentage the, is that roughly? Of the that's about um, almost 10%. 10%. Whew, that's ambitious. Uh, no, it's very ambitious. What and we don't think, think it's impossible. Look, it's the strength of the um, alliances, the partners that we have on the ground. Who and, are they? Um, you mentioned it, churches. How important we, is that? Very, very important. Look, um, South Africa is 80 to 85% Christian. You know, a lot of the people that uh, we want to reach and talk to are in the churches. And um, when we align the values that we want to um, uh, project, that we carry, and the policies that we want to push with what the church believes in, what the pastors believe in, they open up for us to go and talk to their members. And we find a lot, uh, the Christian community in its spread, you know, um, and I'm talking uh, Christianity ranges from a born-again Christian to Anglican, Catholic, mm-hmm. ZCC, you know, it's a whole spread. Most of them resonate uh, with the policies that we are putting on the table. And we're not saying we're going to sweep all uh, 85% of them, no, because there are many other parties that also, you know... Oh, there are lots uh, of old relationships between the ANC exactly, and some exactly. of these churches. Yeah. So are you confident you can get a few of them, though? We are confident, and uh, we are seeing it as well, um, okay. you know, the responses. Of course, we won't be on the ballot box with everybody who's going to make a tick, but uh, there's a lot of church organizations that have given their support and they've actually um, uh, endorsed what we are doing as well. So I just trust that we um, sustain and maintain uh, these relationships. And when we, they get to the ballot box, they, they, they remember Okay, so us. the Christians, who else? We've got the um, Christians, mainly that is our market. We've got ICM as an um, alliance partner as well. And um, we've got AMSA that I spoke about as our alliance partner as well. We've got traditional leaders that we have uh, uh, in um, Gwandebele. We've got Chief Mkiba. We've got the Bachatlas in um, 
in the northwest Makapanstad. We've got the traditional leaders in Guyani, where I come from, and churches around there. You know, um, Osi, I can name them Komu, Homu, um, um, what, what do you call them, Mageba, and Saniki. You know, there's a lot of sure. very okay. different. Yeah, so we've been on the ground to do that work. Look, um, we're not claiming, uh, uh, you know, is sweeping success all over to say once you've spoken to the chief endorses you, the community is there. Therefore, you know, it means everybody is going to then put a cross, uh, you know, on Sarah. But we are claiming that we are going to get some numbers there. People will have a choice of who they talk to. You know, even in a church, there are some people who are benefiting from the ANC. They may come and say, hallelujah, mm-hmm. amen, we're with you. But they know my bread is buttered here. So they're going to go and vote where they vote. So we we were just talking about the party lists, which is the next big thing that's going to be coming up. Mm. I'd be very interested to know, you're hoping to get 15 seats. Mm. Who you fill those seats with? No, we have. We have a whole team that we are going to fill the, the team. We've already we've got, um, we've got a nominations committee that is processing uh, and I stand to be corrected. They can correct over 350 applications that have come through. 350 applications. And these are professionals. Uh, these are under unemployed graduates. These are social activists. Uh, these are people that are uh, community leaders. You know, um, some may not have the educational qualifications, but they are community leaders that are verified. So it, it's a task uh, that is huge for the team that uh, are looking at the list. So once that is finalized and it cuts across national, provincial and um, in all the different uh, provinces. I think before the, you know, name recognition is a very important thing Mm. when it comes to any kind of branding, any kind Mm. of purchasing decision, any kind of voting decision. Before the local general election, I don't think anybody would have heard the name Colleen Makubel. What is it that you think will get South Africans across the board to vote for a party name they've never heard before and people's names they've never heard before? What is it that will get them to vote for you? Look, um, I think people have uh, known Colleen and what Colleen brings to the table and what Colleen can do. I understand about Sarah, we're building the brand. And um, Colleen has stood for um, competence, has stood for clean governance, has stood for moral clarity. They don't call me the speaker of the people in the city of Jobek for nothing. It's because they have seen my work on the ground with the people. Um, that have expressed expressed immense confidence for the different parties in the alliance to sit and say this um, is a leader that we want to rally up uh, behind, you know. And um, I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a huge showing of confidence, which is humbling. So I'm not concerned about that. The, the brand will build. And uh, I think South Africans are not even looking for name recognition, uh, as you would say it. My experience on the ground is not that. Um, yes, ANC is out there, etc. But we are disgusted with all of the names that we see and hear about because South Africans are looking for change that is credible, change that promises something that you know resonates with them and their aspirations and desires. You look at even uh, you know some of the newer parties that are making waves and respect what they're doing, even Rise and Song as It's not a name that you recognize. But people resonate perhaps with him in terms of what he's bringing to the table. I think the the, the um, uh, uh, political climate and the electorate of South Africa has so evolved such that they are not interested actually in those names that you are talking about. They are interested in somebody that they can connect with, 
relate with, somebody that they know they can also hold accountable. And that's why they are responding to us. So there are a couple of comments here, Colleen, and I think we want to go to some of the questions. Some of our listeners here are single-issue voters, so they want to know. For example, someone here says, so you have nothing to say for the secular middle class in South Africa. Gulu uh, and uh, Congo, Chris, asking about that. Someone wants to know your stance on Israel. Someone else wants to know your stance on BEE. Yeah. Let, let's start with um, the middle class. I think um, we have a lot to say about middle class. I was asked to give our top three, and I actually gave the top four, you know, of some of the policies that we have. We're launching our manifesto. Um, around the 16th of March, but it will be confirmed. And then you'll get to hear in uh, full detail what we have to offer for the middle class. Um, what are the middle class concerned about? The middle class are concerned about uh, the, the, the quality of education, the quality of healthcare. They're concerned about the security of their job, the economy that must work, crime. And those are the things that we are going to address. What are they concerned about? SMMEs, you know, we've got, uh, uh, as I said, we want to give tax breaks to SMMEs up to a certain threshold. We want to give uh, labor uh, relations, um, um, labor laws, relaxation for some of those SMMEs and big businesses as well to create jobs so that we are able to alleviate uh, some of the crime that we have. We are able to feed the people that we have that are loitering around. And middle class is concerned about when sure. my child graduates, will he find a job? Will he find opportunities? Will he find a country? And that's what we are trying to resolve here. Can we find a country with all of these things that are happening with Agoa, Israel, you, 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 I'm bringing in Israel. We are standing a good chance that in the next two, three years, we're going to see the impact of what South Africa has done, you know, in terms of the ICJ and the impact of the relationship. Our biggest trading partner is Agoa. Like it or not, I don't know what is your stance on the West and what monopoly capital, whatever. Our biggest trading partner is the West. And if we're not able to manage our relationships with all our stakeholders intelligently, not swayed by uh, uh, emotions and where your money comes from. Uh, you know, you must be able to be a leader that is sober when you deal with issues. And um, what we did with the ICJ, I'm not in a, a support of it, but I do condemn killing and violence, Hamas killing. Israel retaliated in, 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 a, in a manner that also went extreme. But there was a reason why they retaliated. If we're going to take anyone to ICJ, let's take Hamas as well. Why are we condoning terrorism? We are for peace. We, are, we want all the communities to be treated equally. We don't support the singular stance of South Africa in dealing with one country and one country alone. We need everybody to find peace, we need to work with everyone, uh, uh, including the West. Let's not agitate people that are uh, bringing a lot of value also into the country. We respect China, we respect Russia. If they bring value, we want to work with them. Okay, so and, and BEE? Look, BEE in its current form is not working. It has created inequalities. BEE has created a huge inequality between the senior cadres and senior uh, 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 officials of the ANC and our 18 to 20 million South Africans. It has to be reviewed. It has not benefited anybody except for those that are connected. I'm for transformation and there will be transformation. 
but it cannot be done at the expense of the country the way it has been. It cannot be done to benefit only a select few the way it has been done. I think we need to review all of that and go back to say, how do we transform South African society so that we all share in the prosperity? We all create opportunities for all South Africans without creating inequalities that our children must then look at uh, creating. And also isolating and, and, and uh, the white community, the Indian community, the colored community, we have sliced and devised this country enough. BEE, with all of this good intention, has failed this country. South Africans are tired of hearing people make promises. They're tired of hearing all the rhetoric, particularly around this time of the year. And unfortunately, the ANC has two parts of a coin to tell. So people can look at the ANC and say, I now have water, I now have electricity three times a week or whatever. When people look at Colleen, and they say, well, in Joburg, we don't see what she did in Joburg. And eventually she was expelled out of her position in Joburg. Why should we believe that she can hold it together to get to national? Um, look, I would say um, I was expelled for a different reason. Not that I was not doing anything. There's never been a speaker in the city of And I dare say nationally that has done to the great extent what I have done in the city of Joburg. Nobody knew of the role of the speaker until I came on board. Nobody even spoke of a speaker. <laughs> no, I'm telling true. you. No, it's, it's true. true. It's true. Because that I people am, didn't know the role of a speaker. No, most okay. didn't. Maybe you would have known. You can speak for yourself <laughs> in a couple. But a lot of people started to understand the role of the speaker when I came on board because I was visible I began to hold people accountable, especially the executives accountable. I was not popular, believe me or not. Uh, I'm hated in that coalition that I was with because I stood for what I believed was the principle was correct. We even fought when it came to uh, who do we put at the forefront because I had even raised my hand even to, 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 to be the mayor because I could see that this is chaotic and disaster. So um, in terms of really serving the citizens of Joburg, I was first in line to respond to any issue, any crisis in the city I was there. If you ask the NPOs around the city of Joburg, because I'm not service delivery, don't expect me to have given you water and uh, electricity, etc. It's not the role of the speaker. In terms of the role of the speaker legislated, I have excelled in all of those. That's why you would know there's a speaker, this is what she's doing. People will be able to understand. NPOs knew where they stood. Citizens understood we did civic education. I held uh, executives to account. There was order and uh, there was really clean governance, you know, in terms of running of council and the matters of council. I don't know what is happening now. In terms of the role of the speaker, I dare, I dare you. Uh, bring the evidence. I will dispute it. And um, um, I, I've done a lot. I was not expelled because I was not doing a good job. I was expelled uh, uh, by COPE for uh, the reasons that I alluded to earlier. Mm. So that cannot be correct. So the two areas that I'm really interested in, which you've highlighted, which I don't hear any of the other parties really talking about, and you've already hinted at one with the traditional leaders. We'll get to that in a second. Um, because I do think it's an interesting part of South Africa that we need to pay attention to. We have supposedly a house of traditional leaders, the second house in our parliament, but they really are just a rubber stamp mm. in so many ways for what comes before and after them. Uh, but the other area that you talk about is the informal economy, mm. which I think is an important and interesting thing in South Africa. We have no idea. We had the budget speech yesterday, and you know we talk about big business and big corporations, and we even talk about SMMEs, small businesses. But what we don't pay any attention to is the cash economy, mm. the township economy, mm. the informal economy, mm. which is a huge part of South Africa. 
and provides probably a lot more employment than Certainly. the official records would suggest. Yes. So let's start with the informal economy, and then I want to hear your thoughts on traditional leaders because you've got some ideas there as well. Yeah. Look, um, we're very clear that we want to protect and grow the informal economy. You said it right because it's the biggest job creator um, at the moment, and it will be. And if we don't assist the informal economy, not only to create jobs for foreigners in this country, that's where we have lost it and we're still we are, we're going to continue to lose it. We need to work with them, assist them, grow them, so that they are able to create jobs for locals. A lot of the uh, fights that you have in our townships where people are taking our jobs is because it's happening in that uh, a spaza shop there. It's mm. happening in that little restaurant by the corner there. It's happening in this uh, uh, service station that is owned by Colleen in the corner there, etc. And if we're able to say, um, and it comes back to the labor laws, that's why we need to review these labor laws. The mistake that South Africa has made is to be run by unions to the detriment of the country to be run by the likes of SACP, the Communist Party, to the detriment of the country. Because most of these labor laws that are unsustainable, that nobody can be able to uh, um, uh, uphold, etc., especially if you are in the informal sector, they run to employ foreigners so that they don't have to comply with them. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be able to... You know, and then obviously that's bad they're, 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 for the foreigners and it's bad for us. I'll rather you give a South African that job that pays 1.5%. They have food on their table. They can take care of the minimum, bare minimum, than to take that money, exploit even a, a foreigner, give him even a half or even less of it, and deny the South African an opportunity. Well, because that direct, is what is happening. You, you've well, given a more direct answer than Roger Jardine did I last week. Oh, come on, Pumi, it, it's true. How? It's true. I mean, even uh, government itself, in their informal, the EPWP <laughs> uh, program that they're having, they're not even paying that um, uh, the, the regulated income of 35 you yeah. look at it, they're paying those people way less. Right. Why are they forcing every other person to pay that minimum uh, 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 salary when they can't even do it in the informal sector? I think if we, we really want to kill unemployment, we must do that. And one of the key things that we're proposing as well um, is the 24-hour economy. 24-hour economy. What is that? The level where South Africa is. And especially this uh, uh, affluent metros, your KZN, your um, mm -hmm. uh, Durban, your Jobek, etc. We should be operating like your London, your Tokyo, your Japan, um, your, your, your New York, etc. That 24-hour economy, I can come out of work 7 o'clock, still go to Santa 9 o'clock, still go to a, a shop right checkers anywhere, Cresta or somewhere in Guiana, and buy. And that will have unemployment immediately because already you're creating three-hour shifts in a day. We as South Africans, vibrant as this economy is, the global economy and the biggest in, uh, in Africa, by 7 o'clock, Gareth, you and I are at home watching TV, we're watching Generations or Yuzo Yuzo or Soccer. <laughs> All of us well, become unproductive. That's also Why? an issue of safety and security. And no. you haven't spoken about that yet. You'll, you are going to deal with crime in that manner. You know why crime thrives? Because it's dark. After 7 is the conducive time. We've given time to uh, uh, crime, etc. When police are working 24-7, Everybody, security is working 24-7. We are at work 24-7. The economy is generating 24-7. There's no time where somebody's going to be lurking in the dark trying to create crime because transportation is working 24-7. It's suddenly safer even for you to walk around because it's, it's happening. It's busy. it's busy. 
You see, yes, we're going to have a crime fighting. We, 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 we've got policies that will deal with that. We'll put your cameras, whatever. But the fact that you don't have room to create this crime, you have to be very, very creative. <laughs> so let's just quickly talk because I, I think there's a lot in the economy stuff that we could mm. still unpack, but I don't want us to get boring. So traditional leaders, yes, you don't like the way... No, I mean, it is even after budget day, Pumi, it can be boring if, we've, if we go into too much detail. And Colleen has answered every question. I don't want to uh, – some of the comments have also said they they've didn't know about you before, but they're impressed with what you're saying. And, Thank of you. course, there are also critics. Mm. But traditional leaders, big part of South Africa, we put them in this house of traditional leaders, which is supposedly going to make a difference. It doesn't. Mm. It's really just lip service. Mm. Why are traditional leaders important and how would you reform the way that we've got them represented at the moment? Look, um, my desire, if we're to get uh, the majority and be able to look into the Constitution, we must start by putting them in the Constitution. It was a big error that traditional leaders don't feature in our Constitution. Every other thing that we're doing is reactionary to them. Um, and hence, you find that uh, even the government that we have undermines and their uh, traditions and customs of how they even select their leaders. They're crying a, a lot about that. Because a premier must select a chief or must endorse or uh, recommend who must be appointed as a chief. That's not how we work traditionally. Um, traditional leaders have been relegated to report to a premier. When you look at traditional leaders uh, in the Western scenario, even in the UK, you look at the Queen, she's above the Prime Minister. When the budget comes, she, just, she doesn't just, well, the, that was the king, now we've got the king. They don't just endorse it. They are consulted. They give input. Our traditional leaders are crying around uh, IDPs, how they are also implemented. They are just there to rubber stamp. And even, in fact, even whether they rubber stamp or not, constitutionally, there's nothing they can do. They're just consulted because it's respect and we just want to do it. But a municipality can go and do whatever they want in the traditional leaders' land without any of their approval because the law empowers us as, a, well, I'm no longer in the municipality, empowers the municipality to do that. Even when they sit in council, those that have traditional leaders, I know Tswane does have, they are given a seat there to sit in council. It's like they're watching a show. They have no input. They have no voting rights. They can't even say anything. They just sit there ceremoniously and then go home and you say we've consulted traditional leaders. We think it's an insult to them. We have to review how we treat them. And, and you would have the communities themselves play a, a role in electing these people to... Already there are customs. You know, like we, we saw um, a classic example with uh, King Misizulu. Mm. You see... Traditionally, people know this is our chief. Even in uh, uh, Bahatla, in uh, there's a huge fight going on right now between the community and what the uh, administration, the provincial administration, has put as a chief there. So allow the community, the people, they know who the bloodline are. Fights will always be there. This is, you know, chieftaincy in our tradition has always been a, a, a space of contention. But families know how to resolve this thing. And the customs and the traditions, they tell you, how do you select a chief? But one of the key things they're crying about is water rights as well. Most of them, they've got water that is passing through their villages that they have no water rights to. 
the water rights were uh, historically under the apartheid government were given to commercial farmers who were uh, mainly white. Yes, the government has messed it up trying to take that away and mm-hmm. we've got all sorts of issues. But they also want water rights because in that way, they're able, without having to depend on the municipality for water that is passing through them, assist their communities because the river passes through them. They can't touch it. So but they have you, to wait for the municipality to allocate water to them to be able to allocate so to them. So are you proposing a different and a parallel structure to municipality that is chieftaincy based. I'm not proposing a parallel structure. I'm proposing a way where we integrate them to have a voting right, to have a voice, not just to be observers. But that's a constitutional change. How would that's you why that I said fifteen so, seats. Yeah, that's what I said. My desire it was my starting point. My desire should we get enough numbers the starting point will be to change the uh, the constitution and therefore flows out of the different legislation to give them those rights. But the simple things that you can do now, give them water rights. They want to be able to look at uh, to look after their people. Water is very, it's an economic and a social... It's important to mention this. I, I don't think we've spoken to any political parties even brought up water rights, but it is going to become a contentious issue in the future. We're pretty much guaranteed of that, right? <laughs> yeah, with the shortage of water now, yeah. people need to be able to control the flow of water. Remember traditionally, um, in most African cultures, water is not just what you and I maybe use for drink and what it's also uh, they've got customs that they use water for you know uh, different things they, they they've got different beliefs around uh, water and which they've expressed to us and that's why they want to be able to control the flow of water especially if it passes through their jurisdiction they should have the right because it's in their territory you see all right. Well, we've only got 10 minutes left. So, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know. We've been speaking to Colleen. Uh, there are a couple more questions here. We can get to some of those just now. Is there anything else you wanted to go with, Pums? Because um, I, I do think that we've got very straight up answers so far. So it's nothing you haven't dodged any questions. No. Is there anything that, that you want to say that you, you think we haven't covered? I, I do have this to ask. You, you speak a lot about young people. If you were to talk directly to a 27-year-old South African listening now as your pitch to why on the 29th of May they must walk into that booth and find your name and your logo and put their cross next to it, what is that? I think this is very important. Um, The young people and most of them who are eligible to vote and who were 94, um, my, my apologies, 2019, did not vote. The government that we are sitting with is a government that was chosen by your mothers, your fathers, your aunties, your grandmothers. And those people are benefiting from the government that they have chosen. They've got their grants, whether they are happy or not. And if you want a government of your choice that is going to serve you, go out and vote. I'm not saying Sarah or any other new party is going to give you 100% of what you're looking for. But for goodness sake, can we stop complaining about there's too many parties, there's this and this, I'm confused. Make up your mind, go and put your cross next to a party that you think closely or resembles or represents what it is that as a young person in South Africa, the kind of future that we are looking for is going to bring for you. This whole notion of a nonchalant attitude and, you know, I'm not going to vote because I'm not happy, I don't want this, etc. Stop it because you did not even vote for what is happening right now. It's about time that young people reclaim. For me, I want to talk to young people that says, you know what, we voted 
and now we are not getting what we voted for. That's a conversation that I want to have. But those that stayed at home and they have a lot to say, democracy will happen without you, whether you like it or not. <laughs> it's going to happen on the 29th of May and the results are going to come out. If you want a different result, get off your seat, stop drinking alcohol, stop <laughs> complaining about joblessness, go out, help us to change this nation. You may not like Colleen as a person, but if you think that I can contribute to changes, I can bring a different dynamic, let's go out there. The danger, Gareth, that we're facing, and if young people don't rise now, we're going to end up with a parliament on the 30th of May. We're going to end up with a parliament with Jacob Zuma, with Ace Mahashula, Carl Niehaus, Mkwebani, you name them, Julius Malema. We're going to end up with Rishira Lamposa settling scores at the expense of the taxpayers' money and our future. All of them are going there to settle scores with the ANC of Ramaphosa. We may not be your favorite, but our hearts are in the right place. You criticize us or not, we want to go and make a difference. We don't have the magic wand to fix everything, but we want to bring fresh leaders. You may not know who they are because that's exactly why we don't want you to have those that you know. They have done nothing for you. We're bringing new people, fresh ideas, engineers, professionals, competent people, people that you can interview with merit. We are looking at 300 CVs. Three Out of all of those 300 CVs, 200 are unemployed graduates, some of them masters, some of them busy with honors, etc. People that can come and add value to this government with brilliant ideas. You should see some of the proposals that have put in there. Give them an opportunity. Someone says in the comments, Sanel says, uh, random question, is this person related to Judge Michael <laughs> No, not. I'm not related. Um, yeah, <laughs> I no. told you, you get all the questions here, right? <laughs> I've gotten oh, that okay. one before. No, we're not related. Yeah. Is she Gaten's sister, Thank says Nolovuyo? No, because I, I actually don't believe in Abahambe foreign stuff that uh, Gating is talking about as well. We, we have got a different approach when it comes to foreigners. I love Gating. I've worked with him. He's a good brother, but I, I don't believe we are any we're not, Chulu, any... we're not an indecent nation. Chulu says she's making mum threats now <laughs> when you're telling young people to <laughs> get out there and stop drinking. Mum threats. Stop drinking, get out there and vote. Okay. I mean, listen, people are enjoying this. <laughs> yeah. And I do think that that settling of scores with Cyril Ramaphosa's ANC is a very good point. Mm. There's a lot of people who are doing that. Mm. What? That's what it yeah. is. Wow. Wow. I mean, there may be scores to settle, right? <laughs> yeah. Lamula That's... in the comments says, vote Sarah. Okay. Thank you, Lamula. Uh, I think Lamula might already be in the party. I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. I've never seen Lamula in the comment. Have you ever seen Lamula in the comment Lamula section? Is, oh, Lamula, you've given yourself a away. Lamula is a plant. Any, see any comments from you on, oh, Lamula, you on yesterday's you budget with Enoch Godongwana? Anything you want to throw in Look, there? You, you can't even news. comment on anything. A budget that is running on a deficit. It's not even worth commenting on. It's not worth the paper that is written on. I think if we don't sort out the debt issue, we are running a huge risk. If South Africa doesn't sort out its trade relationship with its important partners, we are running a serious risk. That budget is just going to blow in our face. So that's all I have to say about that. Hmm. 
Azalea says you're amazing. There are people <laughs> quoting scripture there in the comments. Amen. Says, Amen. Fear of Let's, the Lord. We bring God back to schools, <laughs> to the communities. And I want you guys, Christians, let's bring God back. And let's stop fighting Israel. Let's stop fighting so, anybody. So a lot of people will be asking, because some of the things you you say may overlap with some of the other parties and what they're doing. Why didn't you join a Kenneth Meshwe, a DA, a Herman Mashaba? You decided to go to, on your own. Yeah, I did because um, there are several factors. DA, I don't uh, believe they are fully representative. I have worked with the DA and I found they have a lot of work to do in uh, um, you know, becoming non-racial in practice. And they've agitated a lot of senior black leaders that have gone out of the window. And the fact uh, that they have put on the table still resonates uh, with me having seen the DA. Why I didn't join Mashaba, I just think is too arrogant. He's missed an opportunity. It was a party that I would have joined. I don't think um, Action SA has lived up to the, you know, the promise that we thought it will live up to. And um, I, I love a lot of people that I've worked with uh, within Action SA, Michael Bermont, etc. And um, I wish them well. You know, I think we'll join forces. I would love to work with them in a coalition, but to join them under Mashaba, I don't think so. Um, why didn't I join? Who's the third one? Uh, well, uh, Hang. Uh, I'm sorry, not a Hang. Not uh, a I mean, uh, <laughs> Kenneth Meshwe. Uh, Especially because of ACDP. the Christians. The Christ ACDP, yes. Yeah. You know, that's a, an important question. <laughs> I, I never really uh, thought about it, uh, why we didn't join ACDP. It was, I can think about it. We can maybe form a coalition. I have nothing against And, and the multi-party charter, I mean, would you talk to them? Oh, yes, I would talk to them because I think we align in terms of our policies. Uh, we may differ in implementation here and there, but um, we are very, very much aligned in ideologically, etc. They may not like me. I don't think I'm their favorite um, because of what happened in the city of Jobek. Helen Zilla is still holding on to that. Um, <laughs> she was suing me, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the case is there ongoing. What's but she suing you for? 200,000 rand for calling her a racist. <laughs> I don't think I was the only person in, in history. I mean, I just borrowed from some of the phrases that were already on the internet and we've demonstrated that. So but I have you. a lot of respect for her and what she's done with the DA and what they're doing. But um, and like I said, ideologically, we align. Um, we don't align with most of what the ANC is going, the direction they're going. And, you know, and, so and Snae says here, we need strict people to run this country. I love her strict tone when she answered that question from Pumi. <laughs> <laughs> what did you. they say? Strict mum vibes. Mm. Mum vibes. Mm. Right. Strict. Well, strict mum. There we go. Strict mum. I'm a mother of two boys, so I know how to deal with you all, especially <laughs> these men. I'm telling. That's why in council, there, 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 there was no disorder in council. <laughs> And we have to have that strict management. That's why the leadership in our country is so poor. Cyril cannot even call the cabinet to order. You know, all the would you would you trim some of the cabinet? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very important. We want to trim from twenty nine to twenty uh, ministers. We're going to save around sixty billion rand on that per annum. 
take it to the grants. We are also removing the deputy ministers. We don't think it's important. We save another 40 billion rand on that. If a minister cannot perform their job effectively on their own, they are not fit to be there. We don't need deputy ministers. I've worked uh, uh, with these people. There's nothing that they are doing in there. It was just cater deployment. Let's no, get it's minister. It's in the constitution. It's constitutional. Look, so they, they have that role because it's in the constitution. It's yeah. just, the, it is it is catered deployment because the ANC has been the biggest party up until now. But it's it's the constitution of the country that yeah, requires it. it. Well, it must no, be changed but, but, like but traditional it, leaders. Carlene has got big goals. Changed. She's got big yeah, goals. It, it needs to be changed. I mean, really, is it saving us? There's a lot of things in the constitution, by the way, that we also don't do. Right, as long as you're not violating the constitution, you know, um, some of the things we, we, we really are not implementing as a country that are in the constitution, you know. So, yeah, even voting constitutionally, we're supposed to vote for a president, you know, as well. So, there, uh, there are a lot of things that we can look at, and, and uh, legally, you may find a, a, a provisions to say, yes, it's in the constitution, you're not violating the law, but you, you may be silent on it. So Canton is in the comments this morning because <laughs> yeah. he isn't here in person. And he says, good to have a politician who understands basic economics. We're going to end it on that. Colleen, thank you. It's a great pleasure to have you here. And um, I think you've spoken very clearly about where you stand on things. Thank you. I Ooh, saw the cool. posters. It took me a while to figure out what was going on. I think you've been very clear about what's, uh, what's on your agenda. I wish you well. I hope you get somewhere near your 10% goal. I always Thank say you. to every politician who comes in here, I hope you get what you want. Because you. Uh, there, if there are enough people who vote for you... Mm. Uh, 10% then, is 40 seats. It's a lot of mm. people. 10% mm. it's a lot of, people. of, yeah. of the votes yeah. equals 40 seats because yeah. we've got 400 seats in the parliament. So 15 is just mm. under 4% mm. of the votes. We're going to aim for that. And I want to encourage people to go and oppose the Bella Bill, the basic education laws and amendment bill. Very important. Hearings are happening from tomorrow. Really, this is my last word. Go and oppose it. And if you don't do that... Why are you opposing it out of interest? First and foremost, I think our focus should be on uh, improving our numeracy, literacy in our curriculum. We are the, ranked the lowest, even in terms of STEM and science in school. Uh, uh, well, in South Africa, in the world, we are ranked the lowest. Infrastructure, the lowest. Why do we want to introduce sex education to children that are five? Why do we want to teach our children LGBTQ? I respect that community. They've got space where they operate, but I don't want children to go to school to learn those things. There are a lot that we can be improving in our education. We've lowered the standard too much to accommodate incompetency, and it hasn't said we can't even export brains out of this country. We are not a producing country. We can't export products. We can't even export experts that are running Fortune 500 companies all over the world because of the type of education that Angie Mutsaka and the cohorts have created here. Bella is a disaster. It must be opposed. Let's focus on improving the quality of our education and the infrastructure. You'll be there? I'm going to be there. Sarah. Yes, Sarah's going to be there tomorrow. We are opposing it and uh, we hope that we're going to receive support. Well, Carl says the Bella Bill is horse shit. She's 100% right yes. to oppose it. Now I like her even more. All right, Colleen. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Very nice to have Yo, you here, Colleen Carl. Makobele. Mm, thank you. Thank you for me. Carl. Thank you, Carl. Why, yeah, why, you why Carl? am I your calling? Carl, if you've, if you've shaken Carl from the DA, your? That's all I have <laughs> oh. to say. <laughs> Carl says, I hope, I hope they get 15%. All right. So 
All round, I think you've been a, a hit this morning. Thank you. Seems the audience enjoy you, so let's hope you get those numbers. Thank you so much. Thank all you. right, everybody, that's all we got time for today. That is The Burning Platform. We will have more political leaders for you in the next couple of weeks. We've got uh, quite a roster to get through before we get to the elections. We've got 14 weeks. Little time. Yeah. Much to weeks. do. All right, Pumi, yeah. we'll see you next week, Thursday. Thank you, Colleen. Thank Thanks, you. everybody. Thank Cheers. You, Bye-bye. Cliffcentral.com.